So subject to is simply that you're going to be purchasing the property. So you're taking ownership. The deed is being deeded over to you or your entity, right? And you're leaving the existing loan in place. So that seller, they got approved with their good credit or whatever for that loan, right? You got you don't have to go through that process again. You're just keeping that in place and you're making payments on that behalf. You now have the bundle of rights. You can do whatever you want with that property. Perfect. What's up, everybody? Jamel Gibbs here. Welcome to another podcast episode, season two of the Business and Investing Podcast. Today, we're going to talk to House Buying Brian and how he's killing it in the subject to market right now and how you guys can get started doing the same exact thing. So what we're going to do today is talk about some subject to hacks that you can implement directly into your business today. House Buying Brian, what's up, man? Man, what's going on, Jamel? Man, it's a blessing. Uh, man, thank you for having me. I'm honored, man. You were actually one of the first people I was watching back in 2014, man. I appreciate <laughs> so, uh, that. Man, man, thank you for uh, bringing me on, man. Appreciate it, man. It's a, it's, a, it's a pleasure to have you, bro. And I'm looking forward to, uh, to all of the content that we're going to provide for the audience today and uh, giving them a step-by-step process on how they can get started with the Subject 2 business, man, because you are killing it right now, bro. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. So, so why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, man? Yeah, sure, bro. So, uh, my name is Brian Arigbu, um, House Buying Brian on social media, like uh, Instagram and such. But um, I started in 2014. Uh, originally, man, I was a high school science teacher making around 40 something thousand dollars, uh, you know, stressed out, just kind of wanting more. Uh, not that I hated the job, it was just stressful and I just wanted a little bit more. Um, you know, I actually started applying for jobs. I landed a six-figure job with a Fortune 3 company, ExxonMobil. And I kind of rode that for like six years. And uh, around 2014 is when I started watching guys like you. Um, I got a, a, you know, a mentor back then. And, and that's kind of when I started. Um, and, you know, to, I actually quit my job right around two years ago, man. I used creative finance to replace my six-figure income. This is subject to's owner finance, wraparound mortgages, and things like that. Um, since then, we've uh, done over 300 deals. Uh, we own a wholesale company here in Houston, Texas. And uh, yeah, man, so I'm just ready to give you guys some of the game, some of the, the, the hacks and strategies I've been using to really maneuver around competition and pick up deals that, you know, other wholesalers are baby basically just been uh, leaving behind, man, so. Got it, man. So you, so you, Worked real estate part time for a while, it seems, because you just quite uh, a while, yeah, quite a while, right? So, did you start right. off as a wholesaler, or did you jump right into creative investing? So, great question. So, how I learned the business and how I was taught is, as an investor, focus on finding this deeply discounted properties. That is what you want to do. You want to mm-hmm. market to find deeply discounted properties. And I was taught here's the ways that you can structure the transaction. You have one, a wholesale transaction. This is what uh, wholesale transaction looks like, right? You have a subject to transaction, right? This is what a subject to transaction looks like, right? You have a wraparound mortgage, you have a lease option. These are all the different things you can do with the lead once it comes in based on the seller's uh, problem. And that's how I learned. So I learned them all at the same time. And I was taught not to make a round ball fit into a 
wear whole, right? Um, you know, you need multiple, uh, you know, tools in your tool belt. And that's, that's kind of how I started in the very beginning, man. Gotcha, man. And, you know, the reason, one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on because, is because your business looks very, very similar to mine. So we do a lot of wholesaling and creative investing as well. Even though we've done a lot of other things in the real estate business throughout the years, uh, I've basically narrowed it down to those two key components, primarily because it's easy and it makes a lot of money, man. I'm sure you'd agree yeah. with that as well. So was it an easy transition for you to go full time? Yeah, because I, I did it not like most, you know, a lot of people, they have a job and they say, I don't want a job anymore. I want to work for myself. And what they're focused on is doing more uh, wholesale deals per month. Right. But again, this is active income. So, you know, once you leave your job, I mean, you got to hit the pedal uh, running, uh, especially if you haven't built a, a, a team around you. So what my transition looked like, Jamel, is basically while I was working my job uh, and just 2014, I started picking up rentals, owner finance and subject to. And I would just pick up, you know, I would pick up a few every year. You know, sometimes I would pick up some years I would pick up more than others until the passive income from those rentals uh, basically uh, exceeded my income. Then I left. But the very first thing I did is I got to the point where my wife didn't have to work anymore because we had enough passive income replace her job because she didn't really have a crazy high paying job. And then we let her leave. And then I was, I was had the, the great job, right? The six figure job. So I held on to that for probably about, you know, three, three more years and continued to get the passive income even more until we were comfortable with me leaving. Gotcha. And that's, that's exactly what happened. They just replaced both of our incomes. Now, obviously you look, this is a, what's today. A, today's a, a what's today. It's uh, Wednesday. Wednesday. What's today? Wednesday. It's Wednesday, two forty-three. You know, in the afternoon. You know, usually we both will be stuck at work, man. Yeah, yeah, man. So check it out, man. So you, so obviously you left a six, uh, a six-figure job, high-paying job, and um, you know, I'm sure it took some type of mental shift to be able to do that. Uh, sure. What type of mindset shift did you make personally in order to make that happen? So um, I started to focus more on what I wanted based instead of what I feared. Mm. Um, I started to focus on freedom instead of security. Because when you focus on security, the job is always going to seem like the answer. When you focus on freedom, you know, you start to think a little different. So that's one of the mind shift, uh, you know, adjustments I made. Another thing that helped me wasn't really a mindset it wasn't a mindset shift for me, but it turned into a mind shift uh, just by default is hanging around different people, man. I started hanging around people that they just thought different. And it was like, you know, you're worth so much more. Like you're missing out on so much opportunity, man. Let the let go of the vine. Yeah, man. I think because so, uh, both of us, we're on this app together, man. So we we, we both uh, we're on Clubhouse. I think it. Clubhouse is like the perfect community to uh, link with like-minded people and Absolutely. also be able to teach people at the same time. You know what I mean? So yeah, 100% true, man. When it comes to linking with the right people, people that think like you, obviously that's going to, you are the people, the, the, the closest five people you hang out with. Uh, that, that was said to me one time. I truly believe it because if you look at, you know, the closest five people that you surround yourself with and you look at their income, chances are your income is going to be relatively close uh, to theirs as well, man. So 
I 100% agree. Your network, your net worth will directly come from your net, uh, your network. Your net worth will come from your network. You know what I mean? So if you hang around a certain group of people, you know, uh, chances are you're going to start thinking and being like them as well, man. Uh, so what are, what are some obstacles that a brand new real estate investor would face getting into, let's say, the subject to arena? Got you. Well, getting in the subject to arena, um, I think so specifically the subject to arena is being able to communicate what you're doing to the seller without confusing them or, or scaring them because a confused mind says no. Uh, that's what I've noticed. A confused mind always says no. So I think that's one of the biggest things, right? Someone sees this on YouTube and oh, I want to do this, right? And the next thing they do, they try to go try their new magic powers on a seller and the yes. seller say, let me speak with my attorney. Let me speak with this. And it's kind of like, oh, they didn't want to do the subject too, right? So it's, it's yeah. being able to communicate you know, the solution to the seller. I think that's Sounds one good. of the biggest things. So let's dig into some of the meat, man. Um, let's explain what a subject two is for those of you who don't, sure. don't know. Right. So a subject two is simply that you're going to be purchasing the property. So you're taking ownership. The deed is being deeded over to you or your entity, right? And you're leaving the existing loan in place. So that seller, they got approved with their good credit or whatever for that loan. Right. You got you don't have to go through that process again. You're just keeping that in place and you're making payments on that behalf. You now have the bundle of rights. You can do whatever you want with that property. Gotcha, man. So if we had to provide our listeners with, let's say, a three step process, uh, one way you put it was a one, two, three punch. Right. If we had to provide them with that one, two, three punch to go from where they are right now to actually closing a subject to deal, maybe finding structuring and then closing. How would you put that together? Got you. So step one, of course, you're going to have to market for motivated sellers. And chances are, you know, if anybody's watching this and they've already been talking to motivated sellers for, let's say, wholesaling, you probably have tons of leads in your CRM right now that you could actually uh, pitch this to and, and convert. Right. Um, so one is going to have a you need a motivated seller that is flexible. Right. And they're willing and, and open to you taking over payments. So that's step one, the marketing piece. OK, um, step two is really going to be getting the necessary paperwork in line for a subject to, of course, you're going to need a power of attorney because you once the seller has wiped their hands with this property, they don't want to be getting phone calls because they're not getting any money um, after that. So having the necessary documents in place, one is like a power of attorney, one is like a taxes and escrow acknowledgement to name a couple. Um, another thing you want to update the insurance policy because the lender is going to want to see that borrower still on that insurance or it's going to be a flag. Right. Um, so, you know, making sure you're on the insurance policy. So th those are a few things for step two, just the necessary paperwork. Mm -hmm. And step three is, is getting the, the uh, also in, in, in the step one, of course, you're going to be analyzing the deal, making sure it makes sense. Just because somebody gives you the keys to their property doesn't mean you should take it. Right. Um, but stepping back over to step three is making sure you have a responsible, um, well-executed uh, exit strategy in place um, th that, you know, you know exactly what you're going to do with the property. Cool, man. So let's dig in a little bit. So when it comes to the type of leads that you're targeting, what would you say would be your favorite lead source to do these types of deals? Gotcha. So what I've seen uh, has converted more so towards uh, subject twos. It's going to be your pre-foreclosures. Um, it's going to be 
um, your your absentee uh, owners with the mortgage still on the property. Okay. Um, also, uh, mortgage lates. I find those uh, work well. High days on market. So anybody that has had their market, that property on the market for, let's say, over five months. So they're already raising their hand that they're need, needing to sell, but the agent is, is not working. And expired listings, right? They tried to sell. It didn't work. Um, and I, I'm, I'm going to give you the, 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 the most likely one is usually double payments. That one right there is so sweet. Usually that is the easiest person, people or sellers to sell on a subject to when they're living in a property, you know, that's where they lay their head at, but they have another property that they're still making payments on and it's vacant. Gotcha. And you're, you're targeting them. Like what's your favorite marketing channel to hit them? Um, Phone, phone right now for sure. Yeah, man. One of our favorites as well, man. We do, a, we were just talking about this yesterday. We do phone and follow up with a with a with a, uh, a one off text message, man. It just works really well, and we bypass all of the trouble that people are having with the text blasting at the moment. Uh, same thing with the with the ringless voicemail, right? We were just talking about that. Uh, so we know how to we know how to we know who to target and how to target them, right? So we're looking for there's multiple lead sources. Out of all out of all of those lead sources, what would be your favorite? What would be my favorite? Um... I would say an absentee owned property that still has a mortgage on it and it's vacant. So you could, you could actually stack that. I mean, you can pull absentee owners, you can stack it with your, you know, postal list to make sure it's vacant prop stream. You can actually go to mortgages and make sure it at least has one recorded mortgage on the property. So that stack man is usually flawless. Um, Cause even if you, you got millions in the bank, even the most sophisticated people, they're not with money. It's, it's, it's stupid to just have a property just bleed in your pocket. So That's that right. usually be an easy, that usually be an easy pitch to those sellers. Do you usually go by a certain year? So like for us, we, we focus on houses that are at least 30 years old, primarily because we're looking for a little bit of equity or some equity, but we're, we're really looking for the age of the property, properties that might need a little bit more work. Absolutely. Do you focus? On so, that? so personally, personally, we don't. Okay. Um, cause for just wholesaling, yes, we did that. And then we thought about how much uh, opportunity we're missing out on because yes, when you go back to an older property, the chances are there's the, uh, you know, deferred maintenance and it's a higher likelihood that, you know, you could get a deeper discount. However, right. you know, it's, you can build a really nice portfolio of new solid properties with people that just bought a house a few years ago and now they lost their job. Perfect example. This property I'm living in right here, my primary residence, it was built four years ago. It was a pre foreclosure, right? So I didn't have to go to the bank or anything, you know, bought a brand new house. Um, last property, same way, right? Um, subject to. So even for your primary residence, you could, you could pick you up a nice house in a great neighborhood um, if you target the right people. That's how I did it, man. Uh, I bought my house. Actually, my house was more of a, I had a, about a hundred grand in equity when I bought it because they were getting a divorce. So I, I bought it the traditional way, but I got it at a deep discount and it didn't need any work. We're the second owners of this house. It's only, you know, uh, 12, 13 years old now. Uh, but yeah, we buy as investors all the time, right? That's what it's all about. So once we, once we get the phone ringing, we, we understand who we're targeting, uh, absentees with a mortgage on it. Mm -hmm. And we reach out to them through a phone call. Uh, it start, 
we, we, we start to pre-qualify the seller. We screen the seller a little bit. What are some of your Absolutely. favorite questions to ask the seller in order to feel them out to see if, they, uh, if they're interested in doing something creative with you? Absolutely, man, I love it. So usually we target, because you know a lot of people say, oh, is this a probate lead? Is this lead? You know, what do I say to this people? I tell people all the time, target everyone the same. I mean, open up the same, right? And then just guide the, uh, you know, the questions. However, there's two lead sources that I do start the conversation a little bit different. If their property is on, already on the market, high days on market, it's been on the market five months or longer, or it's an expired listing, this is how I start that conversation. Hey, Mark. Yeah, I was calling about your property on 123 Main Street. Um, have you guys found a buyer or is it still available for purchase? I don't know if you caught that. It's kind of like a slick setup, right? Have you guys found a buyer or is it still available for purchase? I know they haven't found a buyer, right? And now their, you know, interest is peaked. And then, you know, they're going to say, oh, it's still available or, you know, we, we tried, we, we couldn't sell it. And then I'm going to go directly here. You know, I'm going to... I'm going to get them to tell me a little about the property. I'm like, okay, um, great, Mark. Can you mind telling me a little bit about uh, what you got over there, right? You're going to tell me about the property. No matter what they say, right, unless, no matter what they say, this is my next uh, thing that I'm going to say is, I mean, Mark, I mean, sounds like a nice property. Why do you think it hasn't sold, right? Tonality, I'm going to sound confused, genuine. I don't want to sound like a smart guy. I'm purposely playing dumb, Okay. Um, and then, you know, I'm just going to go into, you know, what were you guys trying to sell it for? You know, any reason you guys didn't, I mean, decrease the price to sell it. And a lot of times they're on an expired listing or high days on market. You're going to be able to get what you're normally going to find, right? If it's not that they weren't motivated, they're going to say, well, we couldn't go any lower because we didn't have enough to pay the agent, pay off the mortgage, blah, blah, blah. And then that's a layup, Right. Right. Absolutely. So, you know, we, of course, we throw out the range or whatever in the cash. And then, of course, most of the time it's not a fit. And, you know, wow. I mean, I, I, Mr. Seller, I mean, doesn't sound like our cash offer is going to make any sense for you. And I'm literally going to sound defeated. Right. Kind of like I don't know what to do. And then I might come up with an idea. You know, Mark. What if there is a way that, you know, we could take over on your mortgage payments and get you cashed out down the road? Does that sound like what's something we should talk about or probably not? Right. And I get a micro commitment. Right. I don't. So, oh, subject to we could wrap it. We could go around the world. That's confusing. It's too much. Um, and I just get a micro commitment, get them to uh, allow me to uh, go a little further. And that's how that's how we, we go. So I want them to I want it to be their idea. Because nobody likes to be sold, right? That's why I started this uh, question, you know, what if, right? Um, and so that's kind of how uh, we do that, right? And, and a, another thing uh, we do uh, on, on a call maybe is if a seller is stuck on a number, you know, I might tell a seller, you know, Mr. Seller, price is actually the easiest part of my job. And that piques people's curiosity because it really is the easiest part of our job. Mm -hmm. If you want cash, great. You know, um, if you want your price, right, my terms in reverse, right? If you want your terms, our price. So if a seller wants cash, um, if, if cash close quickly, okay, well, I'm going to give them a deeply discounted cash offer. If they want more, this is what I'm going to tell a seller. You know, Mr. Seller, you know, there is another way that, you know, I can probably come closer to your asking price and I can work with you. 
you know, you know, I, I can work with you if you're willing to work with me. Is, is that something we should talk about? And it came out like that on purpose, right? I'm, I'm, I'm purposely sounding kind of like, uh, like I can do you a favor and help you out, right? Lead with value first, if you can work with me. Right. And as far as most people's psychology, that just sounds like, you know, does that sound, does that sound fair, right? For most people, that's a no-brainer. Like, yeah, that sounds fair. The least they're going to do is ask you to elaborate. And then, and, and then from there, you, you basically, you know. You from there, it basically goes, I can give you more money if you can give me more time. Got you. You set it up, lead right into your offer, and uh, get the paperwork signed, right? That easy, That's really it. that easy. Yeah. So what, what, what does this paperwork look like in your business? Yeah, so uh, it, we have a basically an agreement that um, you know you can, you can buy property cash, you can, you can basically owner finance it, but basically there's a line on there that allows you to put a mortgage balance and basically that you're purchasing the property subject to those existing liens. So instead of putting 150 in the cash position, right, and $10 of earnest money, what we could do is we purchase a property for um, $150,000, know, but the 150 is gonna go on the line taken subject to the existing liens. And gotcha. so of course, when we get that over to our title company or real estate attorney, they understand that that money is not being funded at closing. We're just taking over on those mortgage payments. And you mentioned making sure that you update the insurance and things like that. Make sure you have a checklist in place to be able to. Absolutely. And, you know, exactly. And trust, but verify, you know, there's a saying in real estate that buyers are liars and sellers are too. <laughs> so, so, you know, we, we take what the seller says, uh, you know, but we always want to, uh, before we even agree to anything, we're already looking at the mortgage statements. We're uh, getting the bank on the phone, authorization of release and confirming those numbers. Because a seller might say, uh, you know, yeah, we're all up to date, right? Um, and then they might be $3,000 behind. Or they might say, yeah, I think we're about 5000 behind. And once you call the lender and get that reinstatement, it's not 5000 it's thirteen, right? <laughs> so, got it. and got also, it. you know, there's different type of mortgage types. And you just kind of want to just know what you're getting into. For sure, for sure, man. So once you have, you know, you establish the deal, you have the, the, you know, the deal in place, uh, what's your favorite exit strategy that you're finding uh, to be working well for you right now? Got you. So um, one thing I like to say, just a little gem here, man, uh, don't go out the back door and don't go through the front door until you already identified all the exits. Right. Right. And that's the safety. If you go to <laughs> you go to a, a you know, a, a crowded place, it's important that you know the exits. Right. So my favorite uh, strategy on the back end is either. A rental, right? A rental property, because you know, over you know the 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 actual tax benefits of it, um, or a wraparound mortgage, aka seller financing with the underlying note. So got you. We do a lot of rent to own on the back end and rentals as well, man. Those are, but I know you're in Texas, so you gotta yeah, you gotta yeah. So we could do lease options, man, but it's so much red tape, you know. Yeah. In Texas, it makes sense to. If you're trying to do something like that, just to give them the deed, because we have one of the fastest foreclosure states in the nation. So um, that but I understand some of those states, man, uh, or like New York and some of those is like it could take forever to get your property back. Yeah. But if I had a choice and I was somewhere else or if I'm doing something virtually, 
my favorite exit strategies would be a lease option or a contract for deed. Yeah. But we can't we can't even do contract for deeds. They just completely you eliminated them. Yeah. Yeah. Lease options we can do, but you know, there's it's a uh, red tape. We just can't mm-hmm. do one lease option for let's say two years or three years. Um, so that's why wraps yeah. or rentals. Even with the what is it, the RMLO or something like that? Uh, what, what do y'all call it out there in Texas, man? The RMLO. Yeah, I mean, the only time we, because like after three, we get an RMLO involved just for Dodd Frank compliance, but mm-hmm. that doesn't change, you know, the 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 lease option duration or anything like that, and the things that you have to disclose and show to make a lease option legal here. Gotcha, you. gotcha, you, man. So a lot of great value, man. A lot of, you know, obviously we, we got a step-by-step process in today. I, I missed one, Jamel. I'm sorry, man. Talk to me, man. What you got? Uh, one of the other, I'd probably say number three favorite exit strategy is to retail it, man. Go ahead and put it on the market. Yeah. And sell it almost like a hotel. Exactly like a hotel. But yep. most people, when they hear hotel, they think of cashing out the whole balance of the property to resell it. When you could really just creatively you know, control it temporarily till you get that retail buyer. Right. I was going to say, because once you, once you take ownership, once you have the deed to the property, technically you could put it on the market with a realtor and make money, you know, do whatever you want for sure. That's right, man. Yeah. So obviously we can't cover everything in a short period of time uh, on a podcast. So how can our listeners find out more about you, man? Man, at the moment, <laughs> clubhouse, <laughs> I'm addicted, man. They calling it crack house nowadays. So <laughs> Clubhouse, uh, first name and last name, Brian Arigbu. Uh, we're on there faithfully just about every day. Every weekday we got a show in the morning. But I'm I'm, I'm probably on there more than anything else and giving value just like this for, you know, sometimes hours upon end. The next place is YouTube, same thing, first and last name. And Instagram is one of my favorites too, House Buying Brian. I'll be able to link all of that stuff in the description box for you guys to check out Brian. Uh, make sure you check out his YouTube page, his Instagram. And I got to tell you, man, I've been in groups with Brian, where we've been moderating uh, groups together on Clubhouse, spitting fire. You got to join Clubhouse if you're not in the community just yet, because we're definitely going to be doing a lot more rooms together as well and uh, providing a lot more value for you guys. So, Brian, man, obviously... You know, one of my favorite things is education, especially when you take action on the education. What books are you reading right now to help you in your, in your business? Man, they got a book that I'm consistently reading over and over and over because it's kind of like the one of the uh, Bibles. Uh, traction. Man. <laughs> yeah, traction. I, I think that's a heavy one. And other than that, man, uh, this is this is a really uh, good one. You know, atomic um, habits. Yeah, because I mean, you you and your business is only as good as your habits. That's right, man. I, I went through traction multiple times, man. Still tweaking it. It's not an easy book to go through if you're mm-hmm. a brand new investor. No, uh, no. If the first time I somebody recommended it and I read it, I was just like, <laughs> I, I didn't have all those things to you know. So it was really like. But as you grow and you you get a company and you get people working for you, you're gonna be like. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. For sure. So Atomic Habits and Traction, I'll definitely link those in the description box as well. Again, make sure you check out Brian's links in the description box as well. And make sure you check us out on Clubhouse because we 
are definitely providing a lot of value there as well. If you had to give any last words to our listeners, what would that, what would those our words be? I would say just be considered, be consistent, focus on motivated sellers because he who controls the deal has the power. Um, and then just become well-versed, you know, um, just understand more different ways to recognize opportunity and structure deals. I um, mean, that's, that's all I got, man. And follow Jamel, <laughs> follow Jamel. Cause he's, oh, a, he's, he's one of the originals. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Listen, it's been a real pleasure having you brother. I definitely want to have you back uh, sometime in the near future. Maybe we can update your business or talk about a different form of creative investing. Uh, but for sure, I definitely want to have you back and, and we can continue to build, man. Uh, but for, the, for, for those of you guys listening to this podcast right now, I've already said it. Go ahead and uh, click on all of the links in the description box. Follow Brian. Check out his YouTube page. A lot of value there. A lot of value on his uh, clubhouse and his uh, Instagram as well. Definitely a great guy. And, um, you know, somebody that you definitely want to learn from. You've gotten your subject two hacks today. Make sure you go out and take action with these subject two hacks because education without implementation leads to nothing. You will definitely want to take action in order to get from where you are right now to where you want to go in real estate. But listen, it's been a real pleasure having y'all. And I'm going to talk to y'all on the next one. Peace. Thank you, Jamel. Check out my website at reieducationacademy.com. To make it easy, you can just simply go to jamelgibbs.com or check out my YouTube page at youtube.com forward slash jamelgibbs. I'm all over the web, whether it be on Facebook slash the Jamel Gibbs or on Instagram at Jamel Gibbs. I'm on LinkedIn as well. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Snapchat. Check out all of these platforms for daily content, weekly content, more content from Jamel Gibbs. But if you want to get more in depth, go to reieducationacademy.com. And that's how you can find out more about my training material and how you can get started investing in real estate today. Talk to you later.